What's next? This is a question we're all having to ask and answer more frequently. I'm Jenny Blake, your host of the Pivot Podcast and author of Pivot, The Only Move That Matters is Your Next One. For show notes from this episode, visit pivotmethod.com slash podcast. If change is the only constant, then let's get better at it. Here we go. Hello, friends. We are back with another episode of The Penny and Jenny Show. I am here with Penny Pierce, who is one of my favorite authors, mentors, friendors. You've heard her on the podcast many times. If you haven't already listened to our recent conversation on transparency, her latest book, go back and listen to that one first, because today we're diving into a a deeper dive into some of the topics that Penny covers in her new book. That book is called Transparency, Seeing Through to Our Expanded Human Capacity. And on previous conversations for the Pivot podcast, we've talked about things like intuition, frequency, perception. And I'm just so excited to dive even more into this latest topic of transparency. So Penny, thanks for coming back onto the show. Oh, it's my one of my favorite things to do is talk with you. <laughs> <laughs> likewise, likewise. Whenever Penny and I finish one episode, we think, oh, but there's so much more. We barely scratch the surface. <laughs> so I want to start. I love with this quote. You talk about the new transparent reality, and you say, we need to develop radical trust, which means absolutely trusting yourself as a soul. Guide the unfolding of your life and fuel the function of your inner perceiver. I love that, of your soul as the guide to the unfolding of your life, and that to do so requires radical trust. Say more about that. Yeah, well, I... I started thinking what radical meant. You know, at first, everybody thinks it means this really great, kooky change, you know, extreme, all that. But it really means to get to the root of something. And so that made me think about, well, what what would that be when it's applied to trust? And uh, I think in order to become transparent, and, and my definition of that really is that you identify yourself as the soul in the body, in the personality, you're merged with your earthly self. And uh, and the soul then expresses through, you know, the personality with no distortion. And um, so the radical trust part has to do with trusting that you actually are the soul, that you are here, that everything that happens to you has been kind of planned in a certain way for you to evolve. And whether it seems good or it seems negative, it's still data it's still experience that you need to evolve. And, um, you know, so there's a, the total trust of your own soul, your own self, your own methodology of getting through to your mind, all the things that happen in your world, the way other people behave in your world, you know, every single thing, trust that it's just right. You know, and, and when you do that, my goodness, you know, things start making a lot of sense. Mm. I feel that way now that I really trust everything is in my soul path as a purpose to evolve. And that if, even if that's not true, I live so much better and freer when I believe that. But what would you say to someone who hasn't yet arrived on that feeling that, oh, everything put in my path is part of my soul's journey and soul's evolution? They think, well, what if it's not? What if it doesn't help my highest growth? How, how, what would you say to someone in that place? 
I'd say that it has a lot to do with the way you're looking at things that, you know, if something challenging happens to you or, you know, maybe you were abused as a child or something, well, why did that happen to an innocent child? It's like we need to understand that the soul is such a huge situation that it has um, knowledge from many, many lifetimes and often things that were stuck in previous lifetimes, just as they can be stuck from childhood into adulthood. Um, are going to play out. And they don't always make sense to the left brain until you expand your worldview and understand how big the process is that's operating. So um, what is it? It's just education, I guess, to to understand the larger context of who we are and how um, the process of becoming conscious actually happens. I don't know if that makes sense. Do you Um, believe that we choose our parents as souls. Yes, um, but I'm not sure that we say, oh, yeah, give me that one and that one. (laughs) It's more like, like, I think when we die in one lifetime, we have certain things that, uh, a mixture of love and fear, let's say, that the uh, we're open and loving in certain areas and we have fluidity. Other places we have contraction and fear and, you know, things that we wish we hadn't done and um, so those go with us. They're almost like imprinted in the energy body of our consciousness that, that leaves the physical body when we die. I don't like the word die, but, you know, shift frequencies you know, into the other world. Um, and then when we come back again, that's the body we use to incarnate once again. So that, I think, just sort of by natural law matches up with other souls who have similar overlapping patterns. And I mean, you could have had probably a number of combinations of different parents that would have worked Mm. for you. Um, But you, you, you sort of, I think you just get drawn in Mm. to the ones that match your vibration and sort of the evolution that you want. Because I do think we see a lot about our evolution before we're born. We kind of have a sense of what we're going to do with the lifetime. And I love reframing to say, how how do I have the perfect setup for my personal growth and evolution, whether it's with who your parents are or events that are occurring in this moment, people that are frustrating or anything, as you say, that's creating opacity or fear. Yeah. On this note, in Chapter 7, you talk specifically about relationships and groups as it relates to transparency. And you introduced the idea of soul friends. So Uh what does that mean? What's a soul friend? I think that this has to do with beings who have evolved to similar levels of clarity, uh, who occupy a certain frequency, you know, and it's kind of like a pool of knowledge that everybody's in that pool of knowledge understands that and they're of that, um, you know, of that frequency, I guess is the best word. Um, and then when you meet those beings in the physical world, it suddenly is like, oh, wow, I know just what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, I've been there too. I know, you know, I've, I've traveled to those countries. I know this. I went to that school, you know, and you have all these overlaps and and commonalities and um, sort of a a fit together of different puzzle pieces you know like oh my thing fits with your thing and that goes to here and and uh, especially true when you start seeing this happening with groups coming together in the same vibration where it's really like a big puzzle with pieces that fit together and make a whole a bigger kind of 
you know, picture or project. Hmm. For you personally, how do you find your soul friends? You described a little bit how you know it when you see it. But um, yeah, what's your process for finding them? Or how do you how do you know what how does it tend to show up in your life? For me, it's just been an increasing process of letting myself be seen. This kind of exposure thing that I talk about in transparency of um, being authentic as much as I can in the moment. um, Don't be defensive. Don't hide. Just let let myself be seen. And people who are on that wavelength then can find me. And they Mm -hmm. find you, um, I think, on the inner level first, in the inner worlds first. That everything's interconnected in the inner world. It's the unified field. You know, so any particular frequency that you're occupying um, will uh, immediately have other people who are occupying that same pool of knowledge or that same vibration. And then those people start showing up in each other's fields. They share a large field, you know, if that makes sense, that we're, we're talking about the energy inside of us all. And that, that means, you know, our beliefs, our our thoughts, our feelings, our sensitivities, our the amount of spiritual knowledge that's coming through us. It, it's very similar. So they just are already interconnected. And if you relax, they just start showing up through synchronicities, through somebody saying, oh, so-and-so, did you want to call her? You know, and, and then you find there's another one. And now I'm calling that the convening, you know, where more people who are of your own vibration are showing up like emerging out of your field. Hmm. And your field is your reality, you know? I love how you described, I really want to highlight this, because often whether we're looking for a romantic partner, new friends, new coworkers, new partners in business, it's easy to focus first on who's outside of you, who you're looking for. And I love how you say that your first task is to be vulnerable and to be willing to be open and to be seen. Right. How can anybody find you if you're covered over with all kinds of, you know, masks and um, pleasing behaviors and things that aren't really who you are? If you're not willing to be yourself and show people, you know, I say the spinach in your teeth and your good stuff, you know, um, they'll never feel comfortable with you because people get around when when you get around somebody who's hiding, we all feel it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like we're so telepathic and so kinesthetically aware that we can tell when people are holding something back. And then we don't like that because it makes us feel insecure. So what do we do? We push on them. We dig down into them. We try to break them open, you know, or if they won't, then we, we reject them and we leave because they're too, it's too uncomfortable to be around them. So the more authentic you are and relaxed about it, the more comfortable everybody else is with you, you know? Knowing that it works so much better to be open and not be hiding, why do you think it is that so many of us go through phases of life where we pile on the masks and the people-pleasing, and I'm speaking for myself, of course, chief among them, but where you're, I had such an aha while you were talking of how can people find us if we're hiding behind layers? And, (laughs) And wow, that's so powerful because I think we hide without realizing it a lot of the time. Oh, we yeah, don't even see really... that we're hiding. We think we're being ourselves. And then it wasn't until I got into 
this relationship with Michael, who you've met. We, we all mm-hmm. had a fun soul friend lunch with you and Megan Vivian. But um, that he would say things like, you look so much better without makeup. Well, what? No one had ever said that to me before. <laughs> I've been hiding my whole life. I used to put on makeup to go to yoga class. And it never <laughs> occurred to me that someone would think I looked better without it until he said it. Yeah. Well, you know, if you're hiding and you have all these masks, then the kind of people that emerge out of your field are people who are hiding with a lot of masks. Because the the thing is, there's no outside world anymore. This is, I mean, this, you know, there's this huge spherical reality and we're in the center of it and everything's inside the sphere with us. So, and that whole sphere is of one, one real vibration that you're just, what, what's the word I want? Um, uh, determining in each moment, your preferred state or your pleasing people state or your hiding state or whatever it is, you know, that's the vibe you're putting out in each moment. And the field will match that. And then the people who show up out of the field will match that. So if, if you're in a habit of, you know, feeling like you're alone or invisible or you're lacking things or you're not good enough the way you are. So you better try to be the way everybody wants you to be. Um, you know, then you just end up getting people who don't see you and who are, you know, want to be pleased constantly. You know, you you get the same thing. See? Um, so it's a lot of work Mm -hmm. and it's a lot easier to just like let the you know, heavy winter coats and garments just drop off of you and just be comfortable. Um, and I think, you know, um, as we do that, it makes other people feel more comfortable being unprotected. And then they'll drop all their protections and all their masks because transparency is such an interesting thing. When you become transparent and allow people to see through to who you are, um, no defensiveness, just, and it's vulnerability is not even a, a negative thing. You know, it's really just a humility, right? I mean, a statement of who you are in the moment is just the simple self. Um, but when you allow yourself to be that way, then other people feel safe and then they start to be able to be that way. So transparency begets transparency. Then you can see through to them and understand who they really are and have great compassion for them. And then they have great compassion for you. And then it just builds from there. Yes, I love the idea of, and it's not just the idea, but it happens in practice, like you said, that as you model it for people, it invites them to do the same. But how how have you removed those layers of hiding, those heavy winter coats, as you described? <laughs> because they're not always easy to see that we're we've got them on. Yeah, it, that's the whole clearing of the clutter process that I also address pretty strongly here because, you know, I think just a little bit of background information here first is I think we're all basically transparent as souls. You know, we are made of clear light and everything is known by everyone. We're all merged. You know, there are no secrets in the spiritual realm, no, no need for anything like that because it's all available and it's all beautiful. So when we come into the body and come into the earth and three dimensions, we get these illusions of separation. And then we get the illusion of an outside world, which gives us the illusion of fear. And 
and we start taking that as the reality of being in the physical world, that it's a place of suffering and pain. And, um, and so we forget about our true, true world, our true reality. Um, and we get covered over with those contractions of fear. And then we develop belief systems to keep those in place. Um, you know, and so when you become very fundamentalist and conservative and um, that kind of thinking adheres to very rigid belief systems that, and I'm not saying any of that's bad, but it really doesn't allow the soul to flow through. Um, you know, so to get rid of that, you have to start noticing the difference between when the thoughts you're thinking are very contracted and usually, uh, you know, those are associated with contracted emotions like anger or resentment or grievances, things like that. And notice them and then say, oh, that's not the way I like to feel. Mm. You have to have something to contrast with those contracted states, which is what I've called your home frequency. That's the vibration of the soul in the body, of being the soul or the diamond light self in the body and looking out with those eyes and seeing this world and seeing the spiritual energy that's inside matter. In other words, you make a choice to see this world as an integrated world where spirit has always been inside of matter, you know, and that's the truth. And the soul is always inside everybody, but their minds don't always know it. You know, I love how you say in the book, flaws are temporary mistakes of perception. That <laughs> yeah. See yourself from your soul's point of view. Flaws are temporary mistakes in perception. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you've mentioned a couple times the idea of this merged group and you, you call it in the book a merged oversoul. Maybe you've already touched on that, but can you mm. describe a little more what a, the merged oversoul is and how we all connect into that? I mean, we all kind of already are, but what does it mean to become more transparent to that merged oversoul? I think as we become transparent in the physical world and see that we have a soul in, inside of us that actually we don't even have it because we are it, um, that's understanding yourself as a soul at an individual level. And so we think the soul looks like an individual thing. But the more you raise your vibration and frequency, the more the soul becomes a collective experience. So you might find it first with a, a soulmate relationship, do you know, where you find another person who feels just like a, a part of you. And together you have a relationship entity that you both co-create and that guides the relationship. And if you go out and have a soul family, you have a small group of people who all have commonalities, that same frequency vibe. And, and then you actually are that collective consciousness at that next higher focal length, you know. Mm-hmm. And as you keep going out and out, you can get to bigger kind of groupings of what you might call the soul group or the soul family or the, the oversoul. But eventually you get to a point where all the souls are basically one soul consciousness. And that is a really huge thing when you realize that we're all here together partaking in this experience of earth together. And so how do we, how would we work against each other if we're all here doing it together and evolving together? 
nothing works against anything else when they're so, you know, intimately merged. Then how, what about what's happening politically, let's say even in the United States, or Brexit, there's an international, uh, Mm -hmm. it seems like a division, or it seems like even the partisan preferences aside here in the U.S., it was like there were two completely different groups voting in the election. Like everyone who was so passionate about seeing Hillary elected and everyone who's so passionate about Donald Trump. And Mm -hmm. it can seem so divided. It doesn't, well, at least certainly not from the media, of course, but it it can be very confusing to people that say if we have a vision of unity and and this soul group and we see such division happening or war right. overseas or, you know, it's like, how do we reconcile that if, if at the end of the day, we're all part of a soul group? Right. Well, first of all, th- that's a high frequency perception to understand the unity of the soul and the soul groups. But in practice, in the physical world, we're most of us fairly divided and fragmented. We, we don't feel ourselves as the soul. We're very much identified with the left brain, which is, is the kind of perception that separates things, analyzes things, compartmentalizes, defines, you know, uses separate words and language to describe things. Whereas the right brain is that unified consciousness where everything exists at once. So we are split, basically. And that we're trying to overcome that split now as we are on a spiritual path and learning to get rid of our clutter, you know, that keeps us feeling separate. Anyway, um, I think that to go back just a little ways, the earth has been accelerating. And I say this all the time, but, you know, it just keeps getting energy gets faster and faster and faster. The earth plane itself, the physical vibration of matter itself is getting faster the vibration of our bodies is getting faster and of our emotions and of our thoughts. And as that frequency rises, the things that were able to be suppressed, the fears that could be stored in a subconscious mind, all of our um, hatreds, all of our fears of people who are very different from us are starting to come up to the surface. And that surface is the conscious mind of daily reality. And, and it's happening individually, and it's happening societally. You know, so in society, the clearing of the subconscious mind is the news, it's current events. And so what we're seeing then is as fear comes up, it's always marked by polarized thinking. It's not unified, right? It's, it's separatist, me versus the outside world. And the outside world contains dangerous things like other people who have different skin colors than mine or, uh, you know, different religions than mine or whatever. And uh, so we maintain opposition a lot. And to in order to clear all of that old fear-based thinking, those things have to come to the surface, which is what is happening now. They are being, uh, you know, like, like popcorn. They're just popping up and... Of course, this president is the perfect one to make it all very visible. And, um, you know, so to me, this is part of a natural clearing process. It's not a a backward stage, um, but it is bringing up people's fears very strongly, you know, to, to maintain security, to control reality, to avoid reality. You know, you look at the opioid addictions. You know, a lot of people are leaving their bodies or committing suicide or 
um, you know, feeling like victims where the others are becoming narcissists, <laughs> you know? So I don't know if that answers your question. Oh, it's kind yeah. of a long, long I answer. I loved that. It was a great answer. In fact, speaking of the opioid crisis, I'm going to have a guest. I can't wait on the podcast. He is a medical forensic examiner in the in a morgue. And he was having Ooh. so many heroin overdoses come into the morgue that he's pivoting from, from being a medical examiner to go to divinity school and counsel people. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that wild? It's like, so yeah. he's saying it on the front lines. And it's very interesting that you use that example of people leaving their body or numbing out. And yeah. certainly it isn't helped by the pharmaceutical industry that's more than happy to just shove drugs at everybody. But mm -hmm. um, I noticed this is a funny little aside, but when I watch, um, um, you know, CNBC, MSNBC, I mean, um, all their ads are drug ads. It's almost like oh, it's you know, shocking. When, when you watch the news, you need oh to take gosh. drugs because it's so negative. Not on the just news. that. I, when I go stay with my grandma, because I use Hulu and HBO Go, I have, I have Apple TV, so I don't have cable and I haven't had uh -huh. it for seven years. And when I go stay with my grandma, we're watching commercials and I'm shocked at how many of them are now for prescription drugs. It's yeah. wild. It's like, OK. If you, and of course, I love TV. I love shows, especially when they're well produced. But yeah. if you're not too busy numbing out with your TV during commercial break, we'll give you some drugs to <laughs> oh, man. Or things right. to buy or things to and and you're right, the world is accelerating. It's part of the reason I wrote Pivot is that it's over it can be overwhelming this this move toward and this dismantling of fear or things that aren't working. We see literally statues coming down. Like things are being right. dismantled that have That's caused true. separation. Yeah. Yeah. And uh I it, it just makes me so intent on wanting to get people an overview to help them understand what's really happening so they can put this in some sort of context and realize that there is a, a, a way out of the karma tunnel. Do you know, <laughs> there is a way out and there will be a good result. And how can we ease that clearing of the clutter and build up the habit of being the soul and, and knowing, knowing what that actually feels like to live that way? It's not just an idea. It's, it's an actual state. This is what's so powerful from your book, Frequency. You, you, you share the stages of the transformation process from the, intuition, or the information age to the intuition age, when we go through personal transformation. And one of the steps right there is you're afraid of everything or you're rejecting everything or you feel like yeah. the world is crumbling apart and the sky is falling. And we're feeling that now at a collective level. And your work has been some of the most prominent in my life that says, hey, keep going. This is one very natural stage of that process. And just wait till you see what's around the corner or in the yeah. transparency perceptive spherical <laughs> because I can't right. really say corners. That wouldn't be a Penny Pierce concept. <laughs> but you know, I think I think it is like somebody said when you're in hell, just keep walking. <laughs> you know. Yes. Um, but um, you know, there's there's something here about uh, the what we call negativity is really just data. You know, it's all energy. It's all just a, a kind of frequency of energy and it all has information inside of it 
So if you can develop the habit of being patient and staying in your body and allowing yourself to look into things that feel very contracted and awful, then you can see, well, why do I, why am I afraid of this? Or why do I hate this? Or what do I think this could do to me? And the answer is always that you're just needing to occupy yourself more. Be yourself. Don't be that, you know, don't put your attention on the negative thing and make that your reality. Because, you know, the, the principles of the new perception have to do with attention. And what you place your attention on starts to drop into a lower frequency and materializes. When which you is, take your which is what happened out. with the media, by the way, around Trump, it was everyone was like, no, yeah. no, no. But then the media kept covering it with yeah. such veracity that veracity that it was well. There it goes. It became the reality. Sorry yeah. to interrupt. Keep going. Well, I mean, and that's what he does too to to get by with everything. He just makes up things and says it a whole lot, and you know, believes it a hundred percent himself, and you know, so it it sort of hypnotizes people. Um, but, but with attention, when you put attention into something, especially repeatedly, it will drop in frequency and actually start to come into the physical realm. It will, it will materialize when you take attention out through being bored with something or, you know, it's just, you're finished with it, um, and let it go. Um, it goes away. It's not a very hard thing to shift your reality, you know, and when you do get your attention out of all the negative things the alternative is to place attention in the imaginal realm to know that hey there are billions and billions of variables out here in this unified field i can pick any of them i want put them together focus my attention on these things and make a reality out of it but i have to feel it physically before it will come into form Hmm. you know um I mean, so I think with transparency, you start to, if there's nothing in the way, then the soul's, you know, desire for self-expression just flows through. And you feel like giving that talk. You feel like taking that trip. You feel like writing that book or making that new business or whatever it is because it feels fun for you. Yes. And then the whole collective consciousness actually wants you to do that. So they've kind of given it to you. So that you can do it and give it back to everybody, mm. you know, and, and you start cooperating with that flow and realizing that everything that really has that particular feeling of juiciness, I guess, um, is right for you. It's not a sin to want something that feels fun, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Well, you, speaking of fun. Your book just came out two weeks ago as at the time that we're recording this. So probably by the time everyone's listening, even a little after that, what has surprised you most? A, that's part one. And part two, what is it like to launch a book from the perspective of transparency? What's different (laughs) this time around? You know, I think we do live in these two worlds at once. And my way of marketing in terms of transparency is to go into the inner world in my meditations and just feel everybody and um, just say, here's the book, here's the vibration of the book. And I just throw it out into the field and say, anybody who's interested in this frequency of, of information, you'll be able to find it. But here it is. And I just let that go. Um, and I don't use any willpower with it at all. 
but in the physical world, you know, the publisher wants you to do all this stuff to sell it. So then, okay, well, I'll do lots of interviews and talk and, and have fun doing that. And it'll connect as it connects. And there'll be synchronicities of people who just happen to listen that day or, or something. I remember when frequency was selling, um, the head of the sales team at Simon and Schuster called and said, what are you doing? To make this, <laughs> you know, to make this sell so much. Tell us your secrets. <laughs> and I said, "Really, nothing." <laughs> <laughs> That's so you. That's so Patty Pierce. <laughs> I said, "You know, I think it's just word of mouth, and you know, I I share it and I talk about it, but I think it's, you know, it's it just has a life of its own." And um, I don't know. I guess that's well. I, it- whether that's apathetic on my part or what. <laughs> but what I love that you can look back and say, and the same thing happened with Intuitive Way, which is mm. you, you create from your soul, then your soul friends and the oversoul finds who are at the same frequency, they find it. Yeah. And then they can't wait to tell each other about it. I've recommended your right, book so right. many times or someone listening to this, this conversation, my, the, the, the people who resonate. And that's what I love about podcasts is just the, it's so fun and serendipitous. Who's going to listen, like you said, and, and who knows yeah. who's going to reach out to you or they'll go check out Transparency. And it seems like with Frequency, it must have been word of mouth, right? That someone finished it and just says to their friend, you have to read this book, OMG. Yeah. yeah. Oh, people told me that they were on um, Amazon and it 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 fell into their shopping cart. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um yeah, but you know, and somebody said to me about transparency the other day. They wrote, "I've been getting some emails of people who started reading," and she said, "It, um, it just feels like it's coming from um, another dimension, and it's not so much like reading. It's just that she's absorbing it mm-hmm. immediately. It's just like a different process than reading, and um, she could tell which which parts were kind of coming from my left brain and which parts were just, you know." kind of coming from a higher level. Um, and I can tell that too, when I look back over the book, I can't remember having written a lot of this, you know, and, and I, if you ask me to say what some of these things are in here, I would have to actually read it because I can't remember it in my head. So um, I, I know that I, I do feel that my books come in at a way, they're often right at the edge of a, like frequency came at the beginning the very beginning of that whole movement toward vibration and and um, consciousness and energy like that and and transparency has been a word that's been following me around you know for years and when the publisher said well are you do you have another book in you and I said well I think it's um and I, transparency is what I think it's supposed to be <laughs> and uh um so and and now you hear that word on the news I'll, I every day. You know, something's not transparent enough or, you know, whatever. So that's like knows? with with Pivot. You, we've sent yes. each other articles. Where you're Same like, thing. They're using it again. Pivot. Here it is. Here it is. <laughs> yep. And I hear that word, too. I hear that mm-hmm. on this as well. Um, so um, something is divinely guided. And um, I don't know. I, I, uh, I think marketing is, you, I, I remember years ago when I was just doing readings and I was trying to get clients, I would take out ads in these, you know, 
digests and, and directories around town. And I never get anything from those. But other people would just call out of the blue, like they hadn't seen the ad. So it was sort of like my guidance said to me inside, like, that was just a ceremonial act. Penny, just taking out that ad and paying for it was like an act of you saying that you mean it. Love it. I I do think that's important because there's what goes on in our inner world. And then I think it is important that ceremonial act of just putting putting some steps out there, taking small steps and kind of just showing a little bit yes i want this even if that's not the thing that's going to lead to right the momentum snowball the cause and effect is in the left brain in the linear reality but the actual results come out of the non-physical reality you know and and it's hard to understand that you know because we're still so addicted to the left brain and um but i think that sometimes desperation over money makes people think that they have to market and, you know, do all these affiliate programs and, you know, follow the formulas of how to make everything pay, pay off. And um, talk about heavy coats, right? Like, yeah, oh, God. you coats. and I have emailed like, don't make me do it, you know, some kind of. <laughs> uh, uh, there's something about just relaxing, again, into who you are and into a confidence about why you're here on earth and what you love to do and that there's value in what you're doing and that value in what you're offering. And there's always an audience, no matter where you are on the level of beginner, you know, or expert or whatever, there's always somebody and, and you'll be supported. Things will come to you to, if you need money and you're not making it from the book, will there be another way to make money? You know, that it's what was that story about, you know, the people who were drowning and they're on the, the house of their the, the roof of their house in the flood and they're praying to God to come rescue them. And somebody comes with a boat, you know, and they say, no, no, God's going to rescue us. No, here's a, right. here's a helicopter. No, so no, God's going to rec- rescue us. But, you know, who who sent the, the boat and the helicopter? Yeah. <laughs> That's um, a great story. You know, it is. And um, yeah, so. I don't know, just something, you know, it all boils down to this humility, this, this exposure, this um, trusting others, enjoying others, um, offering yourself to the world, you know, and then staying so open that it's okay if, like, I've written 10 books, well, maybe, and I think my mind thinks, oh, well, now I have to write an 11th book. (laughs) Well, um, and, but maybe... I want to go breed dogs or something, you know, <laughs> like, I don't know maybe there's something else that suddenly will come up and I've got to be fluid enough and unattached enough to some, any definitions that I can allow um, the flow to move me, you know, and that is a big part of transparency is letting go of your story as well. You know, like we all have these stories we tell about who we are and our bios and, yeah, okay, that's a way to connect with other people. But the real true presence is, well, that's the fun part. <laughs> it's so beautifully said. Allow the flow to move me. <laughs> it is well, fun. It, I, it, yeah, it did move me out of Marin County, California to yeah. Florida overnight, which was like, what? <laughs> right. Okay, here I am. As, as we wrap up, where is it taking you now? Do you have any sense or feeling about that yet? Yeah, 
I feel like there's going to be some connection coming with bringing a lot of these concepts into application in um, in business, in government, maybe even maybe partly toward the military or things that where you wouldn't think that they would want to go, you know, where it would be very difficult for these things to uh, show up. But I have a feeling there's going to be the next phases are all about integration and application of the, the understanding, you know, mm. so maybe more like consulting or trainings mm. for different kinds of groups. I love sure. the specification of the, where you'd least expect it. Mm-hmm. There's so much room there. And if you could leave listeners with one piece of advice around finding flow and allowing flow to guide them, what would it be? Maybe one experiment that they can run this week. There was something about, I had a thing one morning where I was waking up and I, I thought I should get up now. And this inner voice said, don't think about that right now. So I, I stopped. And then then I thought, well, maybe I should clean up that closet today. Don't think about that right now. And so I, okay, and I just went blank. And then suddenly my body just got up and got out of bed on its own. And I got that feeling difference between when I was giving an order from my left brain and when I was just in the flow and the body was kind of just going when it wanted to at the right exact moment. So if... If you can pay attention to that throughout the day, you know, instead of thinking, oh, I've got to do this or got it, that's on my to do list, let yourself have a little free flow in terms of what your body wants or what you find yourself doing, you know, mm. without, without that um, st- structure around it. That's so powerful. Just noticing, if we could all yeah. take that to just notice the difference between the left brain giving orders and the right brain or yeah. body just being moved to do. Because these are feeling states, and I think we have to learn to recognize different kinds of feeling states that are, and those carry, what, insights. They carry knowledge. Um, when you can get into a certain feeling state, it's like, putting the radio dial on a certain channel, you know, and then everything's lined up for that particular kind of information to just show up, just flow through. And if you're just giving yourself orders all day, you know, um, you know, you're just on the left brain channel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so, and isn't that, it's just, even the way you phrased it, I can look back and see those days where I was just barking orders at myself all day. Like, ugh, no way to live. <laughs> Penny, this has been so much fun again. I love the Penny and Jenny show. <laughs> I really do. Well, we'll always come up with things to talk yes, about. That's for I sure. look forward to that. I really look forward to that. And even case in point, Penny and I came to this one today. This is now our fifth recorded Pivot podcast together. <laughs> and we're, we kind of said, what do you want to talk about? I don't know. Here's a few things. How about you? Here's a few things. And we just said, you know what? Let's just go with the flow. So it's the most fun. Penny, I'm so grateful for you. Thank you again. And Uh, everybody, if you don't already have it, go get Penny's latest book. It's called Transparency, Seeing Through to Our Expanded Capacity. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Pivot Podcast. 
Make sure you don't miss an episode or my insider tips and templates by signing up for Pivot List, a curated twice-monthly newsletter where I share the inside scoop on what I'm reading, watching, listening to, and the latest tools I'm geeking out on. Sign up at pivotmethod.com slash pivotlist. Get show notes from this episode at pivotmethod.com slash podcast. And connect with me on Twitter at Jenny underscore Blake. Remember, build first, then your courage will follow. Hasn't it always?